Welcome back to Big Sky Buckets. I'm Big Sky and I'm just a guy talking ball. Wearing a Duke shirt today because Cooper Flagg committed to Duke. Oh, that's going to be so awesome. Uh, if you didn't know, big Duke fan over here. A lot of my family went there. Brother went there for grad school. Yeah, huge news on a Monday morning. Uh, makes things a little bit better. But today's on today's episode, just to move on, today's episode, we're going to talk about two of the games that I watched last night. Uh... Hawks, Bucks, and that will come second, and OKC, Denver. So, um, and before we get started, basically, had I done this video on Saturday, talking about the slate of games on Friday, I would be talking about a lot of more games, just a lot of really close, whether they were grotesque games like Hawks, Knicks, or just a really, really strong games like Bulls, Raptors. We'd be having a lot of fun, but that is not the case for today. Almost every game uh, yesterday were basically blowouts. One team just dog walked the other. Disgusting. Um, I know I got some fan. I have a friend, a couple of friends, honestly, that are OKC fans. They're not going to love listening to this video, but we're going to try and break it down for them. The one game that was close was um, Kings lakers and again i don't want to talk about the lakers again because i've talked about them enough it's just obvious that there's a problem we'll go into detail about it after i really touch on every other team i think i can start coming back around to a couple of other ones but um yeah just keep an eye out there's obviously a problem there in la for the lakers but uh congratulations to the kings winning in overtime very big but let's just jump into let's jump into the good stuff we're going to start with uh, Nuggets Thunder. So going into this, I really thought this would be like a much better game than it was. But this this is a tale as old as time. Young team gets beat up on by veteran team that's playing better than they have been in the past. They the, We'll start with the Nuggets side because there's a lot more to talk about in terms of OKC. Uh, there's a lot more that I saw of like things they need to get better at, blah, blah, blah. Start with the Nuggets. First of all, whenever MPJ basically hits all his shots in the first quarter, it's probably over. It's definitely over if Jokic is making all of his shots. And then finally, this this Nuggets defense is really, really good. It's far better than any of their defense I've seen before. And a lot of this, so some of it, let's talk about small part. Peyton Watson and Christian Brown off the bench are very, very, very good wing defenders. But it's very obvious to me that Michael Porter Jr. is taking a defensive leap. He's gotten a little bit better. Aaron Gordon is picking up where he left off from the playoffs. And to me, the crown crowning achievement is probably Contavious Caldwell-Pope, their starting shooting guard. He had played good defense over the playoffs. And near the, fi the final game, he gets like the game-winning steal for the most part in game five against the Heat. But... Started, so game one, they play the Lakers, and I think he's on Austin Reeves, making it hard on him, and Austin Reeves has an okay game. It's whatever. Then the next game, they play the Memphis Grizzlies. kind of an ugly game, but he's on uh, Desmond Bain, who I think can probably be an all-star and be an uh, most improved candidate with the John Morant suspension. He's just going to have to carry them, which so far it's not looking good, but his stats are looking a little bit better. So, yeah. Got to take what you can get, right? <laughs> Doesn't work out for everyone. Uh, and then yesterday, I'm sorry, Figs, I have to say it. Um, crowning achievement, he was ju he just dog-walked SGA. Every time SGA touches the ball, there he is. 
the Pope himself. Gintavius Caldwell Pope, basically in his face, uh, not letting him do anything, not letting him to get to his spots. It, it, like, <laughs> it's rough because the thing here is I want to say that like every great player has a bad game, but SGA's resume coming in from like the the totality of last year was he basically was the most consistent guard in the league, in my opinion. And the through the these first two games, he's look he's looking like an MVP candidate to just only putting up about seven points and like seven assists. It's it, it was truly shocking, and I think that's the main thing of like if the Nuggets are to repeat, their bench is a priority, and whether Jamal or MPJ is an All Star would be huge. But right now, it's looking like KCP will be All Defense uh, if he keeps playing like this. But if he plays like this or even better. It's looking like KCP DPOY is not off the table. It, it's it's going to be a weird narrative push, but I mean, we'll, we'll see going like if if SGA has a bounce back game or tonight or um cause I'm pretty sure they have a back to back. I need to double check who a lot of teams have back to backs tonight. So, um yeah, just they just look dominant. Nuggets look better than they have been in their entirety and that's really scary for the rest of the league. I, I really thought they might it might take them some time to get everything going. Nah, they're just even when they play bad, they it does it barely looks like it. Even when they play bad, they'll st- they still will win. So, shout out to the Nuggets. But let's talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder. As I talked before, big problem is if SGA doesn't have it going, I have a hard time seeing how this team will win. I think that's pretty evident now, but one thing that I did love is Chet Holmgren. He was incredible. And the problem here to me of the reason why this game got away is that basically it became, it has to be Chet versus Jokic, but at any given moment, um, if you change that, the defensive scheme, which you started to see a little bit more help defense kind of closing in to basically double, uh, Jokic, it was at, at those moments where it was just like, okay, you made a mistake because you rather just live with what Jokic is giving you and then live with what Chet is giving you, and you probably have an even game. But eventually it just starts becoming – they're just picking apart your defense. Now, but this is a more – this is an experienced team. They've won a ring. They've been together for a long time. And even though OKC, like uh, SGA has been with Lou Dort the longest and then with Giddy, like they still are trying to figure things out. And this is a young team. They're going to make mistakes, and that's okay. But one of the things that I really want – OKC to figure out soon, I know I might be asking for a lot, is defining roles. So when at, when SGA has a bad game, like last night or yesterday, who's got who's going to be the number two and number three option? Because that seems undefined right now. Sometimes it seems like Lou Dort wants to be the guy, which don't. That's not, that is absolutely not your role. Your role is like, if you want to be the guy, then it has to come at the right time with the flow of the game of open corner threes or you get the rebound and put it back. Like, don't force things. But I'm starting to see the path to where Chet ends up becoming the second option of this team. He's very good offensively, and I like his defense. It's just the way that it's structured, the starting five, the biggest mismatch teams will be the very big and physical teams. Like, today, last night... Essentially what beat them, 
Obviously, yeah, like Jokic is a mismatch for every team in the league, period. That's why he's the best player in the league. But when Aaron Gordon is just bullying the hell out of you down low, whether it's getting rebounds or getting putbacks over two to three people, I, there there were a couple of plays there where it was just like, what are you going to do? And then MPJ crashing the glass, the, their front court just gave them the most problems. I wouldn't say this was uh, an incredible Jamal Murray game by any chance. And then, you know, KCP had a great defensive game. But a lot of this came from aggressive physical play down low. And I think I haven't gotten a video out talking about my thoughts about OKC before the prediction standings. But one of the big things that I've always said, I like Chet more as the four, like more as the Victor Wimbanyama. I know he can get hella blocks and just be aggressive down low. But I also like having just a big body there. And I don't love Lou Dort at the four. I... These are things that I hope they figure out. I I don't know. Like, I think they just need one more really big body for, like, rebounding, and maybe they just draft another guy that could shoot threes or, as well. Like, it's whatever, but I do think this team will probably struggle against really big, aggressive teams. So I think, like, Minnesota Timberwolves will probably give them some issues. Uh, Nuggets will definitely give them some issues, but I will say like what I, even though I think I'm trying to figure out if Giddy or J-Dub is like the next one up in that hierarchy, I, I think this team would actually be like really good against the Phoenix Suns. I, I just think there's so many like really like guard and wing defenders on this team that that would be annoying for Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, Bradley Beal. We'll see when they finally play each other and hopefully the Suns are healthy by then. But, I mean, this was just, they got outplayed. This is just, it's the third game. It happens. But, I mean, the Nuggets just kind of, they feel like they're in a tier of their own. I've seen some up and downs from a bunch of teams in the West so far, except for the Nuggets. They just are them. And I think this was the wrong OKC game for me to see, to start to start off the year. But I think going forward, more I'll be able to really look into things that either I want them to change or I think is our problems for them but for now you just write it up to got popped in the face you, you'll get back up and you'll try again next time they have to play each other because they're in the same conference so like I mean I figured they'll play a couple more times for sure and maybe you see the thunder get a little bit better but again Young team, whatever. Like, shit happens. This is an 82-game grind. There's going to be games where it just pops you in the face and you just didn't see it coming. You just got to can't get too low, can't get too high kind of vibe. But that's it for uh, OKC Thunder and Denver Nuggets recap for the most part. But now let's get into another blowout, of course, because all of them were basically blowouts yesterday except for one game. And that was... The Atlanta Hawks and the Milwaukee Bucks, and in a shocking in a shocking turn for anyone who's not an Atlanta Hawks fan, the Bucks lost this game. And I only say that because I've never seen a more average level team. I mean, this was the definition of a mid team last year. 41-41, literally couldn't win two games in a row, couldn't lose more than three games in a row because they always had to get back to 500. Balanced. Balance is all things should be, right? I've never seen a team that comes to play the big dogs like the Atlanta Hawks. And specifically when I mean the big dogs, I mean one team, and that's the Milwaukee Bucks. Ever since they lost to them in 2021 playoffs, 
The Atlanta Hawks play the Bucks about as well as any team ever. They just came out here and beat the shit out of Damian Lillard and Giannis. I, they, they didn't come to play. I mean, DeJounte Murray was basically bitching Damian Lillard all game long defensively. Just like the KCP on SGA, it's basically the same thing here. Dame didn't have a single point until the third quarter, like late in the third quarter. This was a, this was a game for one quarter, and then it just got away. The big change here for Atlanta is Jalen Johnson starting, which I could have told you to do that from the first game on, but whatever. I still want the change of Onyeka in the starting lineup over Clint. That's also whatever. And then I, still, there's moments of Trey or DeJounte just dribbling the ball out where it's like, please swing the ball. That's what we've talked about. That's what we're doing. But you can't really be mad about a performance like this. This was great team defense. This was a great team offensive win. There was like eight guys. I, th I think our top eight were all in double figures. Uh, it's going to be really hard to lose if you do that. On Milwaukee's side, they didn't have Middleton, so I get it. But still, this team is still really good. And I understand Giannis does not necessarily play well against Atlanta. And that's because Onyeka Okongwu is like one of the few Giannis stoppers in the league. He's He's got the Bam Adebayo type of body and skill set for the most part. He's obviously not as good as Bam currently because he comes off the bench. But he just gets underneath Giannis's skin because Giannis normally just bulldozes everyone out of the way like, like it's a tank going through a, like a battlefield for the most part. It's like you're not going to be able to stop that unless you have a rocket launcher. And it's like, oh, shit. Oh, wait. That's Onyeka Okongwu. He's the rocket launcher. Uh, yeah. So, um he get that, and then he goes to the free throw line. He actually shot really well from uh, the free throw line this game. It's just that I he he wasn't like ultra aggressive because he we kept annoying him. He still had like twenty something and like a bunch of rebounds and like he had a double double for sure. But in this game, Brook Lopez was the second best player. And quick little tidbit here: I love Brook Lopez. I wish he was on my team so bad. He's like the perfect role-playing big that can also be like a scoring option for you, like a top four scoring option for you. You just don't necessarily want him as number two. He's just great from mid-range. Like he's just he's just great. But the problem here was that <clears throat> we would finally we would stretch him out and then move him away from the paint. And but also part of this was just like the Hawks had been shooting so bad recently, they were due. And in this one, they got whatever they wanted. The main thing here is that a while back, my friend Duncan, he commented on one of the uh, YouTube videos of this podcast before I had um, this out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all that stuff. And he basically said, "Losing like, is losing Drew a really important thing that's going to like happen to the Bucks and make them actually a little bit worse? And this is a perfect example of what I was trying to say is, Teams that are guard heavy, that their best players are guards, are going to come in and probably beat the shit out of the Bucks. And as long as they have an okay front court that can just stay in there and like absorb some fouls and stuff, teams like this and teams like I think Cleveland, Cleveland and the Hawks in the East are the two teams that I think the Bucks should be the most concerned about personally. Maybe, maybe the 
Boston Celtics because they have Drew and because they have Derek White. But but if you have at least like one guard that is really offensively inclined and another guard who is like defensively inclined, like the Atlanta Hawks, I think there's an easy way for this to be a mismatch against the Bucks, like the Bucks, just kind of being like, what the hell is going on? And if Dame doesn't have it going, and again, it's less about Dame needing to get shots up. But my man was not trying to run a pick and roll to save his life. I, I feel like I just don't see that enough. The Dame Giannis pick and roll should work perfectly, but they don't really run it. And I don't understand what Adrian Griffin, their head coach, is doing. This was a bizarre game, like most of these games. Most of the slate of yesterday's games, it's just bizarre. Cause like I, I don't think Adrian Griffin is a bad coach by any means. He's really he's really young and all of that. But why aren't you running pick and roll? If they're both out there, just run a pick and roll, and then like, hey, if that doesn't work, then Giannis or Dame, who are good at passing, will get it to like Brooke Lopez or Malik, uh, Malik Beasley was great. Yeah, I. What like what do you want? This this was just. Hawks came in here and beat the hell out of you. Uh, move on to the next one. So I think both teams, again, I think both teams have uh, back-to-backs today. So you, you can't get too high or too low. This was just kind of a brutal beatdown of a, like, day yesterday. Just, t- like, I know the Clippers beat the hell out of uh, San Antonio. I don't know. It was just, this, was, this was one where it's just, like, Teams with chemistry or consistency for the most part where they just came into like new teams and beat the sh- beat the shit out of them. I, I, this is, I don't know, man. The, this was a weird weekend. Went from like really great hoops to really just brutal dominating. But I don't know, like Bucks are going to be fine. But uh, what Duncan said is true. The perimeter defense is going to be a main issue. And I, I was trying to think about who they should attempt to try and go after. That's like a role-playing defensive two. But I, I think I'm going to have to come back to that. And at some point, um, maybe if there's like trade rumors later on about who the Bucks are eyeing to see if they can acquire, that, that would be interesting, an interesting conversation in general. But for now, I think uh, it's really all I got. Huge win for the Hawks, one and two. They have a chance tonight to get back to 500. Bucks are one and one. It, it's whatever. Sometimes this happens, just like with the Thunder. Sometimes someone comes into your home and just kicks the hell out of you, and you just kind of have to get back up and inevitably play them again some someday down the road. Um, these are learning experiences early on for teams that are young, like OKC, or trying to put it together like the Milwaukee Bucks. And for the Hawks and the Nuggets – for the Nuggets, this is that is a great win to continue your campaign to go back to back. And for the Hawks, this is a much needed win for morale to see what works. And that's the big thing. I I don't want to watch a team that plays the exact same every time. Uh that is making the same mistakes and over and over again. And to see a rotation change like I was asking for is big from Quinn. And I think he, we will know later tonight if he did that just for the matchup purposes against Giannis with Jalen Johnson starting, or if he's finally learning that this is something that needs to happen because the energy really lies with Jalen Johnson for some reason on this Hawks team. He's, 
I think it's because he's finally getting the minutes he's deserved for a bit in that he likes to play for Quinn Snyder. But also, this team plays so much more free. It, it, it feels easier when he's out there because of his playmaking and his style. It's LeBron, Magic Johnson-like of just running down the court, throw, throwing passes in the transition for points or just going getting get the rim in transition. There's just... There's a different vibe to this team that I than I've seen in recent years when he's out there. So that that's the big point. Um, but that's really all I got for you. I think tomorrow I'm going to come back with Golden State Pelicans and maybe I'll talk about uh, Minnesota Hawks. I, I I'm going to stop doing that as much because I want to incorporate a little bit of everything. But uh, those are the that's probably those are probably the games I'm going to get to tomorrow. We'll, we'll see what ends up happening. I guess you'll find out tomorrow <laughs> but uh thank you so much for watching listening um subscribe if you're new leave a like comment if you're on youtube give it a rate and a listen if you're on spotify or apple i will see you in the next one